He reached up and touched the sun. That was the first miracle we thought about. Some weeks ago, the Lord Jesus Christ hanging on the cross at noon. And suddenly, the whole land becomes dark. A terrible darkness. A darkness that you could feel descended on the land of Israel at midday. It was as if the Son of God, who was hanging on the middle cross, reached up and put out the sun. It was just as if the Creator reached up and touched the sun. And then we looked the last time on the Sunday evening, we looked at how he reached over and touched the temple. You remember how the Savior, he tore the veil in two. You remember the curtain, that curtain that we said was as thick as a handbreadth, the length of my hand, a man's hand. That's not, I'm not saying that's how wide it was or how broad it was. That's how thick it was from one side to the other. It was as thick as a a man's hand. So there was no way that any man, any priest could tear the curtain, could tear the veil. It was the Lord who did it, the Lord himself. He reached over and he touched the temple. And of course, he removed the barrier that excluded fallen man from the presence of God. And even though we are unworthy today, thank God because the Lord Jesus tore the veil in two, we can come into the Holy of Holies through his finished work. Today I want us not not to think about the fact that he reached up or that he reached over. We're thinking today about the fact that he reached down. The Lord Jesus at Calvary, he reached down and he touched the rocks. There was an earthquake at the cross. Look at Matthew 27 verse 51. Matthew 27 verse 51. The earth did quake. An earthquake. We would say. And the rocks rent. The rocks were torn. The rocks were split. The rocks rent because the rock of ages was on the cross. You think about that. The one on the middle cross was the rock of ages. The rock of our salvation. Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder I ask you today that the rocks rent all around Calvary as they I suppose we could say in a sense that they sympathized with the creator who was dying for wicked men thank God the Lord Jesus reached down and touched the rocks this is the third miracle that took place at the cross At the Palm Sunday triumphal entry, the Lord Jesus said to those criticizing the shouts of Hosanna in Luke 19 verse 40, this is what he said. I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. What happened at Calvary? Everybody held their peace. 
Nobody spoke out in defense of Christ. There was utter silence. And that is why the rocks rent. That is why the stones cried out. You see, what's happening here is that when the earthquake takes place at Calvary, it's just as if the stones are speaking. They're speaking in defense of the one who hangs on the middle cross. If stones could speak. Have you ever read that book by Alistair Wilson? It's a good book. I encourage you to get it and to read it. I have a copy somewhere, if I can put my hand on it at home. If stones could speak, it's all about the the murders of innocent people in the Troubles. Well, stones did speak at Calvary. They spoke out in defense of the innocent one who was dying there for you and for me. Tell me this, do you ever speak out in defense of him today in your Christian life? Do you ever ever speak up for him, the one who died for you? Oh no, more important things to do. A lot of Christians do. That's the attitude of most Christians, in fact. All they care about is material things. Bigger bank balance, bigger house, bigger, better car. The list goes on. How can we not speak out in defense of the one who took our place at the cross? Even though it will make us unpopular. We may be hated by our loved ones. We may be hated by our neighbors. We may be hated by whoever. But we must speak out and speak up for Christ. One of the best ways, by the way, to do that is to speak out and to speak up for the unborn. So here at Calvary, the greatest moment in history is taking place and no one is prepared to speak out in defense of the the Lamb of God as he hangs there on the middle tree. Only days before, thousands thronged him, crying, Hosanna! And they treated him as a king. But now no one is willing to raise a voice in protest at the greatest crime in history. What about Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus. As the Lord Jesus entered into Jericho on his way to the cross, he stops with Bartimaeus and the blind beggar receives his sight. Bartimaeus, where are you? Where are you now? Will you not speak up for the one who gave you back your sight? He made you see when you shouted after him on the road to Jericho. Why are you so silent now, Bartimaeus? Lazarus, where are you? 
He raised you from the dead not more than a week ago. Where are you, Lazarus? Can't you say anything in his defense? Ah, Nicodemus, you came one night seeking the Savior and you found him and he gave to you eternal life. Nicodemus, stand up and say something. Speak out, Nicodemus. Speak in defense of the one who is dying for you, the innocent man. Can you not lift up your voice and cry out against this evil? Matthew, you left all your career and wealth to follow him. Where are you? Why are you so silent? Thomas, You bow at his feet and worship him a few days from now. Can't you look at the Savior now hanging on the cross and cry out, my Lord and my God? Thomas, can you not do it now? In the midst of the scoffing, in the midst of the mocking, in the midst of the taunts and the jibes. Thomas. What has happened to your tongue? Disciples of Jesus, he took you everywhere to witness his deity for three years. He calmed the sea, he raised the dead, he put shining eyes into dark and empty sockets. He cast out demons and he loved you to the end. Disciples, where are you now? Hiding in back alleys and scared to death. Come and say something. Speak or forever hold your peace. Ah, who is this? Peter. Peter, you stand at Pentecost. Barely six weeks from now. You are ashamed of last night, are you not? And your denials of your master. Peter, can't you speak up for him now? Where are the five thousand Who received bread at the hands of Christ. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Which in fact probably was 14 or 15,000 in total. For it was just 5,000 men. Where are all these people now? The people he fed. What about the 4,000? 
What about the deaf who received their hearing? What about the dumb who received their speech? What about the demoniacs? Where are the demoniacs of Gadara now? Ah, where is the man who was sitting and clothed and in his right mind? Where is he now? Will no one speak up for him? For the Christ of Calvary? Will no one speak out at the injustice of it all? Well, no one did speak out. Everyone abandoned him. So, child of God, when you are abandoned by everyone, even your nearest and your dearest, take heart. You are in good company. And since no one is willing to speak up for Christ at the cross, the rocks start to speak. The stones begin to talk. And an earthquake takes place. They cried out in worship of their maker. God on a cross. You know, there was a German atheist, a philosopher called Nietzsche. And you know, he used to ridicule Christianity because he said, all it is is God on a cross. What a pathetic religion. What a pathetic creed. God on a cross. Well, I'm afraid I beg to differ. With Nietzsche. Because it is the very fact that God is on a cross. That draws me to Christ. It is the very fact that it was the God of heaven on the cross at Calvary. That causes me to love the Savior. And causes me to follow him. Come what may. God on a cross. The most amazing spectacle in the history of this universe. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee For wearing the thorns on thy brow, if ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. Let's pray. (coughs) Father, we thank you for this miracle that took place at the cross. How the Lord Jesus reached down and touched the rocks. 
Well, Father, we thank you that he is the rock of ages. He is the rock of salvation. And we pray for any in our service today whose feet are not on the rock. We pray, Lord, that they will step onto the rock today. Encourage your people in these days, Lord, these are difficult days when it seems that the enemy is on top. It seems, Lord, that the enemy is, has the upper hand. And we know, Lord, that it is an evil day in which we live. But help us to take our stand and help us to speak out and to speak up for thee, Lord. And help us, Lord, as someone once said, to speak the truth, even if our voice shakes. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hymn number 161, please. We'll close with 161. Oh, how sweet. The glorious message, simple faith may claim, yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. Still he loves to save the sinful, heal the sick and lame, cheer the mourner, still the tempest, glory to his name. 161, let's stand as we sing. <laughs>